guys. Welcome back to another episode of the Exceptional Scrum Master Podcast. My name is Yinka and I remain your online agile coach. In today's episode, I'd like to share the do's and don'ts of a Scrum Master. Now, today's episode was inspired by a couple of conversations that I had with many product owners. So today, my hope is that at the end of today's episode, you gain a deeper understanding into the Scrum Master role and you're able to learn a thing or two that would help you become exceptional. So now let's get right into it. Now, as a Scrum Master, one of the things you should be doing for the team and the organization you're supporting is to understand the product being built. Now, I think this is one thing that is a common complaint amongst many product owners. Many Scrum Masters don't have a clear understanding of the product being built. They cannot clearly define what the team is working on. They have an idea of what the team is working on, but they don't have an accurate understanding or an in-depth understanding of what the team is working on. Now, you might be saying, why do I need to know what the team is working on? My job is to help them with the process and help them become more effective. Now, I want you to think about it for a second. How are you going to help the team to be effective with their ways of working, to get them from where they are till the finish line if you don't understand what is being built? How are you going to know if they're lagging behind, if they're right on track? How are you going to know? Now, I like to say this. Nobody is saying that you need to know how to build the product. No, that's not what I'm saying. But you need to know what is being built. If I put you on a project, if I'm a product owner, or if I am the manager of an organization and I put you on a project to help me support the team, make them support effective so that they can use Scrum or any agile framework to become effective and achieve their goals. I expect you to have an understanding of what we are building. Because when you have an understanding of what is being built, you will be able to see things from a different perspective. You will be more involved in the project or in the product that is being built. You will understand the issues that the team is facing. You understand their challenges. You will be in a better position to support your team. You have to invest your time into understanding what it's built. Many Scrum Masters don't have a clue. Many Scrum Masters still show up today just facilitating events. And I also like to say this. I understand that the Scrum Guide has described the Scrum Master role in a certain way. I understand that the Agile industry and the community has described the Scrum Master role in a certain way. But the reality is this. There is a perception of what an organization wants a scrum master to be. And so if you are working for an organization, it is very important for you to understand where this organization is in their agile journey. What is their understanding of the scrum master role and what is their expectation of me? I think this is very important so that you can marry your own understanding according to the scrum guide and your organization's understanding based on where they are today. Because one of the reasons why they hired you is to help them become better, right? Using the actual process. So definitely they will have some gaps. However, many of these organizations, regardless of the gaps that they have, they still have expectations of you. There are certain things that they want you to do. Now, those things might be agile. Some of those things might be anti-agile. You have to figure out how to help them find, or rather, you need to help them get what they want 
from an agile process, right? So many times they might want something that maybe they are, they know that thing based on their traditional way of working. If there's an agile substitute for it, then yes, you can introduce that substitute so that you can still keep them in this agile way of working. If you cannot find the agile substitute for it, then you need to go increase your own knowledge and figure out where you can get that information from. But at the end of the day, you need to know one thing and one thing needs to be clear to you. Regardless of how we work as an organization, the job still needs to be done. These organizations have goals that they have to achieve, right? So at the end of the day, whether it's achieved in an agile way, whether it's achieved in a traditional way, whether it's achieved in any way possible, they need those things to be achieved. And you need to understand where the organization is coming from. So as a scrum master, you need to have a stance of someone who is extremely flexible. You need to have a stance of someone who understands your organization, where they are in their agile journey and how you can help them improve and how you can help them grow. So an understanding of the product is very essential for you because then it makes things a whole lot easier for you. You understand what they're trying to accomplish. You understand why they're trying to accomplish just things and you understand when they want to get these things accomplished it's super important what are we trying to do why are we trying to do these things and by when do we want to get these things accomplished so that way you are able to provide your team the right support that they need this is something that you need to be doing as a scrum master so if you're not doing this currently then i suggest that you get this on your checklist now the second thing you need to be doing as a scrum master is for you to be working closely with your product owner to ensure that your product owner understands ease or our role as a product owner under the actual umbrella now your product owner might have been a product management under a traditional waterfall sense right and so you have to understand my product owner right now how do you understand the Agile concepts? How do you translate the requirements that you have into the current backlog? This is a gap that I see in many organizations. Scrum masters and product owners don't have that close relationship where they're working closely with one another. You need to be working closely with your product owner. You are the master of the process. The product owner understands the product while the team understands the how. All of you need to be working together and working closely together. However, as a Scrum Master, you need to be collaborating with your product owner often so that, that way you're able to close any gaps that your product owner may have. And when you're working with your product owner, you have to work with your product owner in terms of managing the product backlog. Does your product owner understand how to translate requirements into product backlog? Does your product owner know how to manage ease of product backlog? Does the product owner know how to write user stories? Does your product owner know how to translate requirements into epics? Does your product owner know how to break down those stories into a small chunk of work that fits within the cadence of the sprint that has been decided by the organizations. These are the things that you need to be doing. These are the things you need to be watching out for. You need to stay active. There's so much more you should be doing than just facilitating meetings. And if you're looking for the true value that you want to give to your organization and give to your team, it starts with the close relationship that you have with your product owner. Ensuring that your product owner understands the product backlog, how to convert those requirements into user stories, how to ensure that we are breaking down the work really well and working with the team 
to ensure that everyone understands how to work out the product backlog. Ensuring that our product backlog is transparent to everyone who is using it, from the people who are inspecting it to the people who are doing the work. You need to ensure that your product owner understands his role and you are providing him or her the necessary support in order to be able to do so. Now, the third thing you need to be doing as a Scrum Master is to teach your team how to write user stories. Now, even though the product owner is accountable for the work that needs to be done, at the end of the day, the entire work does not fall on the product owner's lap. The product owner can delegate that work to anybody in the team. And so you need to ensure that your team also knows how to write user stories. Your team knows how to estimate user stories. Your team knows how to write acceptance criteria. Your team, they understand their capacity. How do we manage our capacity? How do we commit to work based on our capacity? Your team needs to understand all of those concepts. They need to understand what an epic is, what a user story is, what a task is. They need to have a thorough understanding of these things if you want your team to be super effective. So these are the things that you need to be doing. You need to be teaching your team as needed. You need to be coaching your team as needed. You need to be their guide. Okay, so your work is not just to facilitate. There are several stances that you would occupy as a Scrum Master depending on the need. This is where your true value lies. And so it's very important for you to understand what your team needs. It's very important for you to understand what your product owner needs. It's extremely important for you to understand what your organization is. Where are they in their agile journey? Now, I know sometimes this might seem very overwhelming because many times you are also new in the process. So you're wondering like, how am I supposed to know these things? That is why you are the Scrum Master. Sadly, this is a choice you made for yourself. You decided to be in this role. So you have to be ready to do the work, okay? So you are the master of Scrum. You know Scrum. You are that master of the agile process. Your team members are the master of whatever skill that they need to do the work that they are building. Everyone has their own responsibilities. So you have to take on your own responsibilities and fill it up, okay? No excuses. Do the work. If you have to keep learning, keep learning. If you have to do more training, get trained. Whatever it is you need to equip yourself with the necessary skill sets to help you do your job really well, you have to get it done. This is a position that requires you to continuously read, continuously learn in order for you to grow yourself and help your team succeed. So I'm sorry to tell you, it's not all about the pay. There is a bit of work to be done here. So you have to be ready to do the work if you want to succeed as a Scrum Master. Now, another thing I'd like you to be doing as a Scrum Master is also for you to work with your stakeholders. Teach them how to work with the team to avoid disruptions. Many of the complaints that many team members who share with Scrum Masters is the fact that they get disrupted a lot. A stakeholder will call them and pull them to do certain things, even without the knowledge of the product owner, because that's how they've always worked. So they don't know that there's anything wrong with it. And it is your responsibility as a Scrum Master to coach the stakeholders where possible to let them know that in this new way of working, this is how things are done. If you have any requests, can you pass it along to your product owner? So your product owner can prioritize the the work and work with the team to ensure that your task gets done. So at the end of the day, if your work is really important and needs to be done, you should communicate that with a product owner and the product owner will work with the team and see how they can best negotiate the work that they're doing to ensure that they actually attend to the stakeholders task, right? So you have to be there 
you your your ears have to be opened. You always have to need to have your eyes on the ground to see what's going on and what is happening, so that wherever there are disruptions, wherever things are not going according to plan, you can step in and know exactly what to do. Now, I like to drop here that quickly. Sometimes you might not even know the stakeholders, or maybe the team don't even inform you before things happen. That's why you need to be working closely with the team, so that if it happens. And aftermath is, okay, this sprint has been disrupted. Then your role will be, don't let it happen again. How can we improve on this process? So you can bring it up during your retrospective to say, I noticed that this was what the team committed to, for example. And I noticed that more work was brought into the sprint. What happened? Can we talk more about this? And based on the feedback you hear from the team, then you can suggest other ways that they should handle it in the future if possible, right? So there's always this open conversation that you need to be having with your team all of the time. You can't be an absentee scrum master. You have to be an ever-present scrum master, understanding what is happening, understanding what might be disrupting the team, understanding where they are, and helping ensure that they get to where they need to be. Now, another thing you need to be doing as a Scrum Master is to research on processes and methods and tools and whatever technique might be valuable to your team. So now you might be working with a team that maybe are doing certain things and you notice that there's room for them to improve. Your job is to research for other methods. How can I improve this team? What are the things I can do differently? Remember that these frameworks are always the starting point from us. At some point in time, the team and the organization will find their own preferred way of working. And so as a Scrum Master, just don't sit still and just making sure that the team is doing things as is, right? You need to work and see how they can improve. What are the better ways I can improve to the team? What are the better ways of us running our retrospectives? Whatever problems that they have as a team, what can I find online? What is that new topic out there that I can introduce to the team that might be helpful to us? What are they working on? How can a new concept improve the way that they work? Now, when I say these things, I am not talking about the skill set that the team has with what they're doing. So clearly, if you're not a developer, you don't have any business trying to figure out what the new codes are or what the new tools are or all those kind of things that will help your team work. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you still improving the process. What are the newer ways that we can work? What are some of those concepts that are out there that can maybe help us better estimate? Those are the kind of things that I am talking about. So please, when I'm talking, please, let's try to stick to, you know, the agile concept because sometimes I get this messages where they're like, oh, but I thought I was not supposed to do this. No, please. <laughs> that is not what I'm talking about. I am not telling you that you need to learn how to do the work that the team is doing. Even if you're a developer and the team is developing something that you're familiar with, it's still none of your business. You're a scrum master. You're not a developer. So you're not supposed to be advising them on how to code or how to test or all those kind of things. Now, clearly, there might be some testing techniques that you're used to that you can introduce to the team and find out whether they have an idea about it and if they're willing to test it out. But you don't have a right to start telling them that this is the testing method you should use, even if you had the development background or you had a testing background or you had whatever background that is similar to what the thing is working on. You have to learn how to stick within your role and be a coach to the team and teach them and not force your mindset on them. And now we're going to talk about some of the things you should not be doing, but right now we're still sticking to the things that you should be doing. And you want to ensure that you're spending time researching on those new concepts, those new methods, those new tools and new practices that can help your team 
work even more effectively. Now, another thing you need to be doing as a Scrum Master is to be persistent in helping your team understand Agile. Now, one of the things I hear from Scrum Masters often is the fact that, you know, their teams are not being Agile, the organization is not really being Agile, they just say they want to be Agile, but in reality, they're not being Agile and you are frustrated. And many times the Scrum Master give up and they're like, you know what, you guys do whatever it is you want to do. And, you know, as long as I'm earning my pay, it's all well. Right now, Clearly, that is a patch you can take, but that is not the best part. Because at the end of the day, you will be booted out of that organization. Because if you have that mindset, you will stop providing value. And one day, someone's going to wake up and say, what is she even doing over there? What is he even doing? What? Why do we even have this person? And when they're reviewing their capex for the new year, you'll be one of the people that will be like, you know what? <laughs> Get out of the door. So you want to be sure that regardless of how slow it is that the team is when it comes to agile, no matter how resistant they are to change, you have to be persistent in a very calm way to continuously introduce them to the concept of agile, use their data, you know, to share feedback on how they're doing, you know, help them understand that it's okay to be flexible. Let's just try this way out. Let's try it out. Let's find out what did not work. And whatever did not work, we're going to drop it. Whatever worked, we're going to double down on it. You have to be flexible also in your mindset and be their coach. So stay persistent, regardless of how slow this team is going. Ensure that every week you have a goal in your own backlog to improve your team and you're working on doing just that. Don't give up on them. Just don't do anything ensure that you are persistent in ensuring that they understand Agile and you take it upon yourself to ensure that they really do understand Agile. Now that we're done with some of the things that you should be doing, what are some of the things that you should not be doing? These are the don'ts of a Scrum Master. Please never force your team to be Agile. At the end of the day, they will see the uniqueness and the benefits of being agile as long as you keep pointing them in the right direction, but you're not their manager. So you can't force things on their trope. If they're not going to do certain things, you can't force them. Now, it's possible for you to speak to managers. It's possible for you to speak to other people who probably manage the team and see whether you can have somebody influence some of those rigidity that they have, right? But you can't force them. You can't tell a team member, you have to be doing this. If you don't do this, then you're not being agile. You can't force those things down their throat because at the end of the day, you're going to cause friction on the team. So please ensure that even if the team is very resistant, you still find ways to work with them. Now on the flip side, what you probably should do when you find out that the team is completely resistant and they don't even want to hear you out, they don't want to do anything, they don't want to listen and all that kind of stuff. Build relationships with these people. When you have a relationship with someone, it's much easier for the person to listen to you. But if you're someone that just shows up only during meetings, if you're only someone that they know that, oh, he's there for daily strum, he's the one that puts on the puts on the Jira board and it's the one that kind of walks, walks, you know, calls our names and they just see you as like a facilitator. Then sometimes they might not have that connection and they're like, why should I really listen to you? But if you've already built those connections with them, you've built that friendship, you've introduced happy hour to your team. You guys understand each other outside of work. You understand what makes this person tick and all that kind of stuff. Then it's easier for you to have conversations with them to tell them to try things out. But please, regardless, 
Don't you ever force any team member to do anything. Don't force any product owner to do anything. It is your job to show them the path. It is their job to take that advice and work with it. They still have to take those action steps. And if they're not listening to you, then find, you know, managers and the people, the champions of agile within the organization to see if you could speak to some, maybe they could find someone who can influence those people to change and take a different course of action. Now, another thing that you probably have heard over and over again is this, do not manage the people. You are not their manager. You're not a product manager. You are a scrum master. Your job is to influence those people to work more effectively using the agile process. And I think one thing that also makes many scrum masters tend to want to manage the team is because they also don't have an understanding of the scrum master role. As a scrum master, you're a servant leader. Now a servant leader is somebody who serves the team. You know, you look at ways that you can help the team be better and you serve them. So there's a gap, there's a pain point that the team has, and then you serve them to help them get better. When you work that way, you are in a better position to be valuable to the team. And when they find you valuable, it's much easier for them to listen to you. So please, do not manage your team, except your organization directly tells you and say that we've employed you for a scrum master role, but you're also responsible for managing your team. But if the organization did not say so, then please refrain from managing your team. Refrain from forcing them to do certain things, okay? Now, I'm just looking at my time and it feels like I've spent over 20 minutes already, which I do not like to do. So I feel like I'm gonna bring this episode to an end, but I'm sure that I've shared a lot of tips that will be super helpful to you. So I think at this time, I like to call this episode short. So thank you so much for listening to this very time. If I feel that there's a need for me to have a part two of this episode, I would have it. If you think I shared, then send me a message, drop a comment, do whatever it is to help me know that you clearly want a part two of this episode. But thank you so much for listening. I hope that you have a great week ahead. I hope that these tips that I've shared today empower you to actually become an exceptional scrum master thank you so much don't forget to subscribe don't forget to download don't forget to stream don't forget to like don't forget to comment don't forget to leave a review thank you so much for everything that you already do for this podcast i love you guys so much and i wish you guys all of the best happy new year and i wish you a great 2023 i'll catch you in the next episode bye for now